Hello. Whoa. Whoa, how do I look? Stunning. Really? That's amazing. Do I sound okay? Yeah. Good? Sound better than me. Yeah, well, if I better do for the amount of blood he spent. Well, actually, I should uh, should say that it's uh, my mum's helped out a lot here. Honestly, your voice sounds chocolatey. What, like it would on the radio? Yeah. <laughs> it sounds good now, yeah. <laughs> and the light, the light, the camera. Yeah. yeah. Is that a new camera? Yeah, got a new new webcam as well. Got everything. Can't believe it. Now mine looks shit. So my computer cost me one thousand five hundred pounds. Uh, the microphone cost me like three hundred. No, I got the cheaper version of the Shure mic. So I got uh, I think it was like two. No, maybe like hundred and ninety quid. Then I got like a little arm for it. Uh, a webcam, a ring light, a mix amp. I think altogether it was just under two grand, I think. Well, it looks stunning. Hopefully it sounds good. I mean, James Vickery, he'll know if you sound good. Yeah, he should know, shouldn't he? Yeah. This is, that is, uh, that's his job. But no, I'm glad, I'm glad it was all, it's all working well. Big, so it's a, this is a big shout out to my mum, first of all, and also my brother. Who I met on Sunday. Yeah. What did you think? He said to me, you want to come and meet John's dad? I went, well, your dad. Yeah. Yeah, he, kept, he told me he kept on saying John's dad. Because <laughs> uh, it's because there's a little bit of like a joke in our family that everyone knows him as John's brother, which is not true, which is not true. But I mean, it's funny, isn't it? Like everyone says it to him. And yeah. Then, you know, that would wind you up a little bit if it's your younger brother. Um, but yeah, big shout out to him because he built my computer from scratch. He we built, bought all the parts and he put it all together, built it. Uh, so it's that saved me like so much money because if you want to buy a PC this good, like ready built, it's like double the price, so. Today we've got James Vickery on. Uh, who's James? Well, I know who James is. Who is James? So James is a producer for BBC Radio Devon. I thought he was a presenter. Well, yeah, it's sort of like present, producing. He does it all. He's like, that's what they call They call it like the hot seat, don't they? I think is what they call it. So he's the one who like sends everybody off. So on a, on a match day, we'll like Torquay, Plymouth and Exeter City will be playing and they'll all be playing on different frequencies. So he goes, oh, if you want to catch Torquay, you go to 95.4 FM or if you want to catch X, and he like, does all the splits and then he brings everyone together and he's got, he's does the sports roundup on the, on BBC Radio Devon. Oh, I've got to talk to him about the sports roundup. I love the sports roundup. He's, uh, he's, he's thrown a few tri- tricky questions at me over the years. So, uh, what have you, have you commentated with him? Not commentate with him, but he's been in the studio. He's the in the studio when I'm at, at games. So almost every single time I've done it, really, except bar bar a few. What questions is he? Oh, I don't know. I think you know. It's just like the you know, people think that you might be more in the know than you actually are. So they try to pose questions like you know. Oh right, God, he's going to think this podcast is terrible, isn't he? No, no, he's he's the, honestly the loveliest bloke ever. He's so nice. Yeah, but he'd be thinking it's terrible. No, he won't. He'd be buzzing to come on. Okay. We've had his brothers on, for everybody who's listening. We've had Tom and, and Jack on, and this is James, the old, eldest of the three. Okay, well, I'm, I'm letting James in now. Here we go. I'm quite nervous. <laughs> Why are you nervous? Because I listen to him every Saturday. <laughs> Hello, uh. Hello, Hello, James. Hey, nice to see you both. How are you doing? Good, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Good, thank you. I'm, uh, God knows what other Zoom meeting I'm on at the moment because I'm I'm in a different room, a different meeting room. So, um... oh, oh, what a pleasure having yes. you on. Well, thank you for the invitation. No, I mean it, James. I'm a little bit nervous. Oh, don't be because 
No, I am. I feel like I'm because I listen to you every time I drive back from the game. Sorry about and, that. Uh, <laughs> no, I love. <laughs> I'm telling you, when we moved down to Devon, one of the first things I did when I came to watch Exeter, I put you on on the radio, and I thought, I'm home. I feel like I'm I'm at home. Bless you. Well, that's re- no one has ever said anything as nice to me like that before. I'm welling uh, up here. No, no way. It's, it's getting emotional. <laughs> There's an emotional bond going emotional. on here. Yeah, I, but, uh, but it we, was though. I was like, I. It felt like such a cozy show on the radio. That's what we try and create. To be fair, James, you have got a very warm voice. Bless you, John. Well, we know about we know about your fans on the radio that text whenever you're on. What? On, what? Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't know about. I don't know about this. Do you not know about the texts that we get every time that John's on. John, you're no. on saying, "Oh, John, you've got the most sexy voice," and I'm sure it's some of your fans taking the piss or some of your mates taking the piss. Oh, what a <laughs> but, shame! Oh, but, uh, oh I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. You might have hordes got, got of adoring female fans out there. Um, I think he has. Every time he's on, it's oh that Matt, that that John Beer, he's got such a sexy voice. Wow! <laughs> I don't, to be fair, that's the one thing that when you're like, I, I never know whether people, I don't like, you know, people could like request you less or more. I don't. That's the one thing I never known about me being on the radio. I don't know whether I'm well received or not well oh, received. Oh, very well received. Oh wow! Very well received. <laughs> well, according, <laughs> according to these texts. Oh, what, so dear. if John's on the radio, you'll get people texting in or emailing saying, I like the sound of this guy. Yeah, every time. <laughs> and he's got a super sexy voice. And it isn't just one text a week. It's normally a couple of them. <clears throat> just saying. <laughs> Wait, I don't know if we're taking the piss here or not. This is I, I'm not taking the piss, honestly. Honestly. <laughs> honest to God. I mean, to be honest with you, when we do our like, YouTube live stream, it's starting to annoy me because everyone's slagging me off and saying how sexy he is. Ah, yes, maybe. Oh, maybe it's the same people. <laughs> what you What you need to do, David, is get a haircut like John Beer because that's cl- that's clearly the thing that swings it. Oh, I don't know. Isn't <laughs> yeah, you have had a little haircut. But, yeah, yeah. But people, you can't. No, people don't know that on the radio, do they? They don't know what my haircut looks like. Well, we could talk about your haircut on the radio next time you're on, if you want. Oh, yeah, let's do it. That would send them wild. <laughs> I can't believe that. That's actually kind of like thrown, thrown me off a little bit. That's quite incredible, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I just get abuse from all the fans, and you get women saying how sexy your voice is. It's great. Do you get abuse? Um, I have been accused from Exeter City fans of being a Plymouth Argyle supporter, believe it or not. Oh, no, I've had a little listen, and I, I know where you who you support i think you make that clear (laughs) yes yes very much but you give plymouth and torquay their space and time needed we try i don't i don't envy your position james because i couldn't do it i couldn't be impartial it was it was horrific on saturday i mean watch it i mean it wasn't the best derby to be fair was it and um then they go and do what they did and you just think how am i gonna try and sound i've got 20 minutes in which they've scored. So they score on 70 minutes. And I'm thinking, potentially they're going to close this game out, which they did. In 20 minutes time, I've got to go on and sound totally neutral about this. And it's bloody hard work. Yeah, I, <laughs> I can't imagine. I mean, I struggle. Well, you probably know, James. When when I'm on, I struggle to be like fair, even to the other team that are playing in the moment. Like I'm against that's Bolton, fine. I thought. Yeah, yeah but it, you know, part of like being a good like journalist, in my opinion, is to sort of, even though my opinion is, oh, I don't, I think Bolton are crap or whatever. Whoever's playing, right? You still have to give like a fair 
yeah representation well, for the people that are listening that there, there are all what i've noticed is that there are always fans of the opposite club listing for whatever reason whether they live in um devon or or what and they they do if if, if you don't quite get the name right or you or you slag someone off from the opposition they they're, they're on your case i can't imagine you doing that on the radio um, you don't do <laughs> I, I, I try not to. I mean, sometimes, it, I mean, it, it got, um, I was really interested when you were talking about the pyro at Cheltenham, because I, I sort of, um, I didn't lose it, but I got quite pissed off and angry on air yeah. to the point where my producer sort of said, oh, I've never seen you like that before. Um, I think I was listening. Or was I watching iFollow? I think I was watching iFollow, yeah. Yeah, but if you're, if you're watching iFollow, that's still the BBC commentary. Yeah, it's BBC BBC commentary. Yeah. So you uh, probably would have heard James at some point. Yeah. I, I was pissed off. Same. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, well, we all, we, who will know what would have happened if that idiot hadn't let the smoke bomb off. But, oh, we would have got was, promoted. Well, well <laughs> yeah, yeah, we would have gone on that amazing run and we'd have been all yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Someone, everyone, yeah. someone let something off in the Big Bank on Saturday, didn't they? I mean, absolutely ridiculous. But it's ridiculous. I don't get, I, you know, I go to the football with, um, if I'm as a fan, I go with my wife and my two boys, Oscar's six, Rory's four. Do you? And yeah. So yeah, my um, wife, sorry for butting it, but my wife said, ours are seven and five. Oh. My wife still thinks... Definitely the five-year-old's still too young. No. She, she's worried about... They don't hear things, do they, that you go, oh. um, We caught Oscar singing along to a chant which may have had an F word in it <laughs> okay, <laughs> the other sure. week. Uh, and we just had to explain, we don't say that. It's a naughty word. That's for grown-ups. Um, but I'd get... I'd, I okay. Would, I would try... I, I, I'm Where happy to are you? Where are you in the ground? Uh, I'm... When I'm at the ground, got a I'm throne, in the. Haven't you? <laughs> well, people think I'm named after St James Park. Um, I'm not, although I quite like to tell that story. Uh, my throne is on the scaffolding gantry, which I think you were waving at on Saturday. Well, you sit up there. I sit up there. When I'm at a game, I sit up there. But we weren't there on Saturday. We were. We were moved. I was literally the first line of defence with the Argyle fans. It was horrific. Because I knew there's the family spot over there, and they're yeah. all shouting. I was like, I'm so glad I'm not there with my boys. I was, I was literally two seats along from the Argyle fans. It was awful. With with your boys? Uh, not with my boys, because I was um, I was working. So um, okay. Normally, Oscar and Charlotte will go on the big bank. We don't always take Rory, who's my youngest, um, but we're going to Sheffield Wednesday, all of us on Saturday. Oh, I'm That's going. Amazing. I'm well, also I'll, going. Well, I'll see you we're all, all there. Going. We're all there. Yeah, we're yeah, all we'll, going. We'll all Let's have a party. The, the better looking Vickery brothers will be there. So it will be, <laughs> <laughs> it will be great. God, that away end is going to be stunning. Well, I think, I think um, I saw this morning something about like 900 tickets have been sold or something. So um, it's going to be, I mean, you know, we're safe from relegation. Um, are we? I, I, uh, <laughs> we, are, we are mathematically now. safe. <laughs> mathematically now. safe. Okay. Um, but I, I just I just don't want to end the season because it's four defeats already. I can't really see us winning at Hillsborough. Can't really see us winning at... You know what? This is unlike me. I think we're going to do them at Hillsborough. Do you? I think we. I thought against them, we were so much better than them at home. Yeah, I we thought were. if we can replicate we that, even in the slightest, I think we'll give them a good game. Yeah, they're yeah. absolutely dropping like a stone as well. 
Mm. Do you think Big Cam Dawson's going to let a few in for us or something well, like that? <laughs> I hope so. He, I mean, he's had he's had a very mixed season for them again, hasn't he? He sort of started off when he came back into the team really well, and now he's sort of getting a little bit of stick on social media from what yeah, I said. Yeah, Come is. back home, Cammy. Come back home. Yeah, you know, you know you. where you're loved. We love you. That's it. The thing is, he's a Sheffield boy, isn't he? Yeah, I, I mean, it's rare that you, as a goalkeeper, that you'd stand in front of away supporters and get absolutely loved, be absolutely loved. So, but we're not going to give him any stick on Saturday because he's a, you know, help basically won us promotion, didn't, it, didn't yeah. he? He would come back. Uh, the money's got to be right. I mean, I don't know what he, I don't know what he's on up there, but it's he's on a it's lot a of money. It's a it's a lot Is of he? money. Is he? Yeah, yeah. And as we I mean, know, he's he's one of the like last remaining soldiers of that championship side, isn't he? Sort of him, Barry yeah. Bannon. Uh, so yeah. those his wages will be through the roof. Huge. Yeah, James. Hmm. How do you create a cosy radio show? How do I create a cosy? Why radio did I show? turn your right? This is the question. Why did I? Because t- I turn a lot of radio shows on and I turn them off pretty quickly. Why do I keep <laughs> yours on? Uh, was it a day that Exeter had won? No, Would that have helped. No, it's what you create, and I don't know what it is. Um, I think it's partly your voice. Yeah. Well, I have heard you're a bit of a fan of my voice. <laughs> I think I am. <laughs> I, I've been known to send people to sleep. No, but have you have you been told before by many listeners? I like your voice, James. Is that is that a silly question? As in, it's part of the reason you're successful because you have got a good voice. I can honestly say I don't change anything about my voice when I'm on on air because there are lots of people who think, oh, he talk, he talks a bit like Tony Blackburn, mate, and oh. all of these sort of DJs and things like that that yeah. you know, they put on this voice. Don't change it at all. There is there is an element of truth that when you're on the radio, when you're talking into one of these um, or uh, another form of microphone, that you do end up sort of projecting your voice a little bit, sort of heat at the moment, you know, if City have won and I'm all excited, you know, you do project your voice a bit. And, you know, David and John, you both know this. John, you do co-commentary, don't you? So you know that your voice can sound slightly different, but I don't change it at all. In terms of creating a cosy cosy show, I honestly don't know. That's the nicest thing anyone has ever said about my radio broadcasting. Um, Lots of uh, people love the show because we can get really passionate about Devon Sport and all the clubs. Obviously, for me, Exeter City supporter, Exonian through and through. Uh, But, you know, I know a lot about all the other clubs. I've got really good friends at Argyle you know amazing friends at Argyle and Torquay and Exeter Chiefs and I think that really helps because it does feel like a community and I think that sport you know it's like city community club it feels like a community and maybe that's why it feels nice and cozy David yeah I think that's it I think I mean you mentioned there James about the I think my voice changes a lot for radio and my mates think that as well the amount of times my mates say to me like what are you what are you doing here What what happens I don't know. I, like, I, it's just, it just changes, doesn't it? Like, this is more like casual, conversational base. So this is more like what I would be like at the pub. But my mates, when I'm on the radio, like my uh, my mate has like a really old Civic, and he's got like an antenna, so he can still tune into like frequency radio. Uh, and he he turned me on one time, and he's like, I couldn't, I didn't even know it was you for the first fifteen minutes. I couldn't even recognise <laughs> like how different it is. So yeah, there, there's an element in truth as well that when you do talk into microphones and by the t- without getting too technical and dull and boring about it and anoraki, no, be uh, be boring. I like it. It. Uh, it gets compressed, so the sound does is slightly different. 
um, uh, there, there was something that we're doing on the radio this morning where someone said, why does this thing sound completely different to how it was recorded? And it's because it's been compressed. At live radio, you can't edit, you know, pre-recorded stuff you can and you can change it slightly to make it sound um click um uh what's the word i'm looking for make, make it punch through a bit more make it sound slicker whereas live radio you do have that sort of compression it's called compression um where it sort of takes top end bottom end of voices and makes sure that they're not sort of too way out there yeah because otherwise it would just sound weird you know you're going to get a load of people listening in now going i've got to check out this cozy guy that's yeah. great that's great um i think I, I love what i do i mean i've been doing it now i've been presenting the show for 13 13 what, years. what on a saturday on a saturday for 13 years i've been doing it uh, but before that i worked behind the scenes on the on the show so they call it um driving because it's very much like driving a car you've got faders with commentators on like john I've got four of them. We've got four live games every Saturday. We're splitting different frequencies across the place. You're looking at your audio. You've got a feed from Five Live. You've got your producer in your ear telling you, right, there's been a goal here. You need to go there. Um, occasionally, you're being told, right, uh, you're focusing on the Exeter game, but the Torquay United line's gone down. You need to welcome Torquay listeners. Um, on some occasions, absolutely everything has gone wrong, and I've been left with no one to talk to. The phones went at the same time, so the phones went down all the audio crashed at the same time. And the only thing I had to read off was the BBC Vidi printer and, and, and my notes, which I keep in my Bible here. And I just started talking gibberish for about 10 minutes until the line ended up. So what did you do in that, in that space? How did you fill it? And did you panic? I try not to panic, although there is that feeling of I'm, I'm the only thing on Radio Devon right now, and there's, <laughs> and there's, yeah. there's no one else here uh, to support or help. I've got people running around behind the scenes trying to fix these problems, which just literally all kicked off simultaneously. You're not on your um, own in the building, are you? I'm not on my own in the building. I work right. with a producer, um, and I've got um, a, a technical producer who presses all the buttons. I've got, I've got control of my playlist, and... And, you know, when I need to talk to John, I can, you know, fade John up and fade Argyle up and Talkie up and Chiefs up. But in terms of the lines coming into the building, they're being looked after by someone else. So I've got these people running around. I'm trying to sound calm and collected. Um, I have made my notes on how far we've got in the game so far. So I think it was a game that City were winning. So I said, oh, yeah, it's great news for City. And Sam Nombe scored his 10th of the season or whatever. And da 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 da, da. Um, And I just started reading off the BBC Vidi printer. And it was teams like Augsburg. And... Awesome. <laughs> We're going through German leagues and Dutch <laughs> yeah. leagues, right. and uh, I yeah. literally had nothing else to say. Um, and eventually, one by one, the game started coming back to us. There was a major fault across the BBC. So it wasn't just Radio Devon that all the commentaries had gone off air. It was every single local radio station had their commentaries totally wiped out with nothing to go to. Normally, you can go to some music uh, or a CD, uh, nothing was working. So it was just me for 10 minutes, literally reeling off what I knew. I would have loved um, <laughs> Settle in, David. 
there's yeah now come a bit closer to the radio turn it up tune in this is what you need to know no, those, yeah. those moments are horrible i've had it a few times where a bit where we've done sort of games I, I can't remember what game it was where like the isdn kit goes down or someone's pulled out the ethernet and like you've lost connection and all of a sudden the panic like oh god you've yeah. got to redial everyone's like Frantic. In some ways, it's harder for you guys at, at the games when that goes wrong because the pressure's on you to get that link back. I will just keep filling for as long as I need to keep filling and talking about Augsburg um, and about their latest result and what I know about Exeter's form, Argyle's form, Torquay's form, how the Chiefs are doing. But for you guys, having been on the end of it where a line goes down at a ground, it's it's not great because often you're you're also in really tight, tightly packed, cramped press areas uh, where you where normally the PowerPoint is under someone else's seat. So you've got to get someone you've got to get someone have else ever, out of Have you ever done seat. it at Rovers, James? Have uh, you done it at Bristol Rovers? I've never presented a show or done a game at Bristol Rovers. Um, but I've heard it's not great. So we we did one at Bristol Rovers. This is not a dig at Bristol Rovers in the slightest, but their press area uh our our ISDN kit was basically on the armrest of a just a public fan. And it was like he couldn't use his armrest, and our, our, all our volume control could have been tampered with by some oh, like home fan. It was like no no leg room, uh, you know. So like presenters often bring, like commentators often bring bags, notes, all this kind of stuff. They're on the they're on the steps to the left of us, so no one can walk up and down the steps. Your legs, my feet were on the seat in front of me because my legs were too long, so I had to pop them up on the on the back. Oh, it's, there's there's been some really uh some really tricky places to to commentate from. It's hard because you've got all of that going on and the listeners have no idea. Um, you've just got to keep going, sounding professional. Um, I remember there's one game I was doing. It was Hereford at Torquay United. And there was something on the game for Hereford. I think it was potential relegation for them. Torquay could potentially have got into the playoffs. And we we turned up really early. Hereford isn't the easiest of places to get to. So we'd had a bit of a drive anyway. And I'm, I'm a bit of a worrier uh, in terms of, okay, I'm not going to just take one broadcast kit with me. I'm going to take two. And if the second one fails, I'm going to take a third uh, because law of averages tell you you shouldn't get through to kit number three. Um, got to Hereford, old ground, very cramped. Broadcast kit number one, dud, didn't work. Broadcast number kit, kit number two, failed. Uh, broadcast kit number three um, had been squashed down too much so it wasn't working so i was on to okay bloody hell i don't really know what to do now um so radio hereford and worcester ran back to the very nice guy from hereford and worcester ran back to their studios brought us a spare kit plugged up absolutely fine no problem at all um and i started broadcasting but there was a problem again, without being too technical and boring, where I was getting a return feed of myself in my headphones, oh, which no. if, if you've ever... Uh, John, you've probably had this. Yeah, a lot. You a lot. start to sound like you've had a few because you're talking, you're hearing yourself back a second later, and you're trying to process that, and it's totally off-putting. So for the first five minutes of the show, I sounded as if I'd been down the pub. <laughs> I'd had a few, and I got a few texts from people back at base saying, are "You are you all right? Are you?" <laughs> yeah. Have you guys ever seen that clip of uh, James Haskell, where he's his like earpiece is obviously doing that, and he's trying to say this like really quick sentence, and he just, and he just says no words whatsoever. Oh, really? On, on the telly, yeah, yeah. it's like, and everyone's it's, like, it's "What horrific. the hell's happened there?" Yeah, it's, it's it, that's the worst. That the biggest learning curves were for me, like 
there's someone talking, like a producer talking to you for, for like starters, like someone talking, because I didn't think there would be any communication. Right, hang on a minute. It's just for me. So you're sat there. Is this pre-game? You've got a producer talking to you or while the game's... Well, all, all, all the time. Like, all the time. Whenever what, what are they saying in, to you? Like, goal at Torquay or... Uh, what, when you're what? watching Exeter? Yeah, because yeah, you have to update yeah. everyone on... Oh, my God. Good. Yeah. And also that countdown back into half-time because we oh have to get everyone back at the same time. I so, hate the countdown every uh, time. Yeah, I mean, Exeter may have had, like, five minutes of injury time. Argar may have had, like, ten minutes of injury time. Torquay may have had one. So back at base, we're trying to coordinate, right, okay, we need to get Torquay to fill for four minutes, but then we need to get them back to Exeter and we need to get Exeter to fill for another five. And then you guys and John, I know, I know because of what you said about the talk back, you'll suddenly get me booming in your ear going, all right, then guys, wrap it up in 10 seconds and, you know, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. And normally that, that will come booming just as you're in a train of thought and it yeah. completely knocks you off so you're saying wrap up in 10 seconds because we're about to we're about to, we need to get back into a trail because all the games are now finished and Argyle have come to an end or Torquay have come to an end and we need to yeah so like all the games have to end at the same point so they can go yeah. all back onto well I don't know how what like the, the actual technical term is but I guess it's so that everyone's back in the same place to listen at the same to, time to yeah. James at the same time so yeah. we'll be talking about so, so like it happened at, for the Bolton game the other day I was on the on the radio and Talkie had had about seven minutes of added time and we had three at the end of the game. So we had to fill for four or five minutes and you're talking, you're talking and all of a sudden, bang, 30 second countdown coming from James and it's like 30, 29, 20. And then you've got to like make sure that it all finishes perfectly on one so that it can go into a, into a show. But that was what I was getting onto is filling is the hardest thing by far because you get, you start to get asked questions that are, well, not only gone. similar to the ones before or uh, <laughs> difficult to, to answer. Before, ja- before you came on, James, John said, I hope you don't mind me saying this, John. James, John said that you've asked him some difficult questions. Yeah, I think so. In the I past. Have. I have. Like, like what? What did you mean um, when you said that? Oh, you know, James, what you, what well, you I meant. Could, I could imagine <laughs> I put you on the spot about, about managers at some point. Managers, signings. Uh, signings. Oh, what uh, would you say I, then, James? I remember one one time, James, uh, off the top of my head was, you know when we lost 3-0 oh, uh, to Leighton Orient up at their place at the beginning uh, of the season yes. we went up? Yes. Uh, after that game, that I, I was, I'm was, pretty sure it was you that was in the hot seat for that day. It would have been, um, yeah, it would have been, yeah. yeah. And uh, I remember thinking, oh my God, there's he's proper put me under it here like like i don't know just a few like a few like feel like who's because it was the still the the transfer window was still open so you were sort of asking like any incomings and and like uh i'm not allowed to ask you that you always give me a little look (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) no no, for listeners no i don't um (laughs) i I can't see what john's doing (laughs) down an isdn line yeah i I can i can now guess are I you know, a bit I'm, cheeky, fair, James? Do you ask questions me, that you shouldn't got, ask? You've got to. I, that, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm I, never angry about it, but you, you have no, to, don't you? That's part of it. Especially you if can, you're... Sometimes you can tell when you've asked someone something that they really don't want to answer. Um, uh, but, it, it, you know, f- football and sport is all about opinions, isn't it? And people's opinions. And, you know, you talk about recent game, we'll pick a recent game, and we'll all have a slightly different opinion of it. Um, James, or, what do you want to know now about the team? What do what I want you, to know now about the team? If you could ask, me, if you you could ask, ask anyone John, anything, oh, not, not not just me, anyone, anyone who knows. And do you ever get? Do you ever hear any bits of gossip? We go, oh, right. He, yeah, James must. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I do. I don't, I don't hear as much of it as maybe people think I do. Um, and I do occasionally get messages from people who should know better saying, <laughs> what's going on here then? And I'm like, uh, I have no idea. And they just know that I either, well, they know that I know. Um, do you know but, things now that I would like to know if you told me? Probably, yes. Oh, my God. But I'll have to tell you those over a pint at some point. Yeah. <laughs> oh. At Hillsborough. Or at Hillsborough. Ooh. Yeah. Or at Hillsborough. Yes. Uh, I love those questions. I, I WhatsApp John and he just goes, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I can imagine him doing That's that. That's all he answers with. <laughs> No, you Give send me you send me texts as if you already know. So I'm like, well, I'm just gonna laugh. Yeah, and you what? say, where'd you hear that from? And I go, Duke Rolls. Or yeah, Duke, Duke Rolls or Agent Andy. <laughs> those are your go-to sources. <laughs> yeah. James, just out of curiosity, I've got a, like, I've got a few questions, but this is the one that's I don't and actually I don't know if you can say this. So if you can't, that's fine. But what? Because I've never been told. What's like the average listenership like mm. for a, for a city game? Now, that's really interesting because we have. Um, variety of ways people listen so um, there's a traditional way of listening through bbc radio devon on um on fm um and if i can get a plug in 95.8 103.4 freeview channel 720 um every every match thank you very much um and but a lot of people take our commentary through um the grecian player um as well so it's it's very difficult to try and put a number on it clearly there are going to be hundreds, if not thousands, more listening for an away game than they would be a home game. But it's it's definitely in the in the thousands. Um, it's very difficult to with with how our um, radio figures are broken down. It's difficult on a Saturday because we split our transmitters four ways. So you just get a marker of how many people are listening to Radio Devon at that point, and you don't know if they're listening to City Chiefs. Yeah. Plymouth Argyle right so, so what's the overall in in terms of like what's yeah like that overall number like what roughly? we know about is traditional listening it's about 25,000 however loads of people are listening or trying to access through BBC sounds as well and that you can actually monitor people who are clicking on BBC sounds to get the the coverage very accurately because of the way the EFL works and the deal it's got um, with local radio at the moment, we cannot put um, city games or EFL football league games on sounds. You listen to talking, you can listen to Chiefs, and that's really you see the graph. And it, you know, two o'clock it's steady, and then suddenly at two o'clock it shoots up, and then at three o'clock it shoots up even more. And then your favourite bit of the show, David, it completely... <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Oh, I was going to say it sort of plateaus a bit, and it keep you know keeps going. Right, my, what time's that? That so that would be about three, three, four, four. Yeah, about about five, about five minutes, five past five. I'm having a lovely yeah. time. But the thing that blows me away about the radio and all of that, and especially when I first did it, is how much you actually have to do on a match day. Like I rocked up the first time I did it at Colchester away, and I thought. This will be, you know, just turn up, talk. Oh no, you have to be there like an hour, like an hour, an hour and a half before. You got to 
get the try and get the manager before not me personally but whoever's doing the commentary try get the manager after which with gary called was a lot harder than uh it seems he's got his hidey holes isn't he yeah he likes to hide <laughs> yeah. before a match doesn't he yeah he has yeah he does he does we we he's good at hiding he's to, very good at hiding. to be fair to gary he has said to us um i'll speak to you before the game because there have there have been some managers who have who have sort of said yeah 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 i'll talk to you before the game give you the team news but then they don't bother doing it uh Gary, I think, hides at St. James Park, not deliberately. I think, you know, like us, he has a lot to do at a home game, at an away game where he doesn't quite know where he can hide. Um, we've been a bit more successful at getting him. But yeah, John, you're right. I mean, the the stuff you have to do on match day, I get home and I am drained. Yeah, I can't. You, I mean, how, how long are you on for extra in terms of... Um, I'm uh, on for... When does so your working day start on a Saturday? My working day on a Saturday starts at about 11 o'clock. I'm not finished off air at six and then there's a program debrief for a little bit. And then um, we all merrily go on our way home Um, uh, for the Argyle game and for various games this season. I've been on air for seven hours nonstop. You've Uh, been on air seven, seven hours. Right. James, when I've done, when I do sort of these pod interviews, the most I've ever done is three interviews back to back. And that was probably four and a half, five hours. And I felt frazzled. Yeah, like genuinely, <laughs> like I have to lie down now. Yeah, that's exactly well, how I feel. I was going to say then that when I do co-coms, because it's like a lot, it's a lot of concentration for a, like a very short, fixed period of time. You don't want to get anyone's name wrong. You have to when a goal goes in, you have to remember exactly what's happened for that goal, which actually sounds stupid, right? But it's a lot harder than it seems to accurately and you know better depict exactly what's happened for someone who's listening on the radio. And like at the end of it, you get this all of a sudden like a overwhelming. I was, you know, I'm shattered every time. It's yeah. crazy, and I, it, it doesn't seem like hard work, but it really is. I I always say to Charlotte, my wife, and my boys, don't expect any sense out of me when I get home on a Saturday. Um, um, Oscar, my eldest, who's six, who loves his football now, football mad, city mad, stands on the big bank, does all of that. I'll come through the door on a Saturday night and he'll be telling me, Daddy, da, 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 have you seen? Da, da, da. And I'm like, yeah, great. You know, and all of that. And he, he actually knows more than I do about what's going on. It's, it's incredible. But there's that adrenaline that you thrive off when you're on air, the concentration, like John, you just said, because you, you don't want to get things wrong. Um, particularly if you're commentating or calling a game. Now that the pictures are, uh, the commentary is put over pictures, so you've got all the fans, you know, waiting for you to 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 make that mistake because they they do call you up on it. Um, but what they don't realise is like what we discussed earlier is the stuff that's going on around you when, you know, you're trying to call a game while trying to sort your broadcast kit out because that's gone wrong. Or you're trying to call a game, but someone stood up in front of you. Um, and also the other thing is that's going on as well is there's there's not just BBC Radio Devon in that gantry. Sometimes it'll be Sky Sports, BBC Radio Devon and BBC Radio, whatever, Bolton, Greater Manchester, yeah. whatever, whatever it is. So mm-hmm. we're all everyone's up there talking over each other. And, and on top of that, oh you've got the clubs, God. the club statisticians up there yeah, too. All the, all the club yeah. statisticians. Sometimes you don't even get a chair. Sometimes you've got to stand up for the whole game while commentating, looking over the barrier of this gantry to try and get a good view on the corner because everybody's peering their head round. So everyone's progressively leaning more and more over the barrier. And it's oh, sometimes it's real carnage. But I have Great to say, up on the gantry, isn't it? <laughs> the be- it's the best view. Never been invited. Never been it's invited. The best, it's the best view. Well, I mean, I don't know if your you, day I- will come, David. Your day will come. <laughs> Never been invited. 
Sickens You're me. more than welcome. He's <laughs> getting heights, David. Uh, you strike me as I must admit, I don't like the look of that thing. It's not great. It's safe. It's safe, it. It's perfectly safe, but uh, climbing up it, because the ladder's quite narrow. Narrow, yeah. Is, um, <laughs> it's <laughs> taking your life in your hands a bit. It does feel like it. But it, it ter- I mean, perfectly safe, as John says. But I mean, the the view is incredible up there. It's the best. I mean, it's the- it's, yeah. You sent a no, you no, sent no. a photo, didn't you, last yeah, week? The, the yeah. view over SJP from the gantry is. I don't care where I could go, be anywhere in the, else in the world, and it wouldn't be it wouldn't be as happy as that view. It's the best. No, the best. It's great, and and for a night game as well, you get the sun setting. Yeah. Um, oh. So you're looking from the gantry over to the um, Adam Stansfield stand, and you've got the sun setting like behind where the university is. Yeah. Uh, all up, all up through St James, the St James area. It's gorgeous. Absolutely Sorry, James. Gorgeous. Why are you up there? I thought you. What when you're up there? Why are you up there? I'm normally up there, sort of. Yeah, working, uh, hosting the show. Um, oh, I thought you'd up, be back in right. Well, okay. I, I. I come out for special occasions. They dust me off and wheel me out for special occasions. <laughs> yes. So, like, 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 Devin, like Devon derbies, uh, like promotion games. That game. Um, I was going to, this is going to lead on to one of my questions, which was what's the hardest game you've done in the hot seat? Because um, some, oh, that, that Barrow one oh for me God. was unbearable. Barrow was unbearable because, but that, well, um, that links back to that lovely picturesque sunset you're on about. Cause that night, the sunset was immaculate. It was a perfect night. Yeah, at, it was. Uh, somewhere just perfect, boys, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, Barrow was horrific uh, because, believe it or not, I've never actually been on air when Exeter had been promoted. In the 13 years, I saw us promoted. I've been doing Ready Devon Sport, presenting Ready Devon Sport. I've seen us promoted at Wembley against Cambridge. I was there as a fan. Uh, Rotherham away, I was there as a fan. And I can't, was there a promotion between Rotherham and, no, there wasn't, was there? Between Rotherham and us going back up to League One last season. I don't mm, think there was. No, um, um, I don't think so. Uh, I've worked at Wembley when we've lost more more times than I care to remember. It's it's bloody awful. It's like the worst thing in the world. But Barrow was different because there was so much pressure on the fact that it's Barrow, City should win. Our form had been great it's Barrow at the back of everyone's mind. It's a full house. Um, I think John talking of technical problems, we had a few technical problems that night because, because you can't have too many people on the gantry. I was up on the gantry with the commentator, Alan, John was elsewhere in the ground. We had Kirky out and about in the ground and it was all a bit of a bit, a bit may mayhemish, you know, bit of a melee. Um, and I just remember there being this pressure thinking, please, boys, do not screw this up tonight. Um, not only for us fans, but also I want to be on air celebrating tonight and yeah. not thinking, oh, that was a bit of a waste of time or we've got to go to Northampton next week and do it all over mm. again. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I would agree with you. That was that was a tough night. Brilliant at, what was it, quarter to 10? Yeah. <laughs> brilliant when Matt J put that goal in. But Well, no, that, no, no. That moment wasn't brilliant because <laughs> you couldn't enjoy the next, what was it, 12? He scored in the 78th minute or something. So the next 12 <laughs> minutes plus added time, I was thinking was. to myself, oh my. It, I, it, like I was thinking, oh, it'd be the most City thing ever to concede a to sloppy concede goal a, now. Yeah, or... well, we conceded a sloppy goal to well, start, didn't we? But on the well, gantry that night, everyone was there. And literally, I'm penned in. So I've got like Sky Sports here. I'm penned in trying to do my thing. 
um sky sports um and i think it was katie shanahan that night and she she's great she's a brilliant broadcaster but there's just no there's just no room for us all up there so she's trying to get excited about the fact exeter have done it i'm going way over the top that exeter have done it and talking on air about the fact that i've just seen my mum on the pitch and that went yeah viral. i remember that <laughs> yeah i've just oh, seen yeah, my mum on the viral, pitch yeah. and i was all a bit emotional and uh, she was like waving to me like that <laughs> because the thing is when you're on radio you're in a world of your own and suddenly i just saw this um this figure on the pitch sort of like weirdly waving up and really making a you know an effort and i thought that's my mum and without thinking about it i just said it on the radio um, yeah i remember i remember the moment that alan sort of said oh you, you're free to go john and everyone was still on the pitch at that point yeah. um so i sort of remember taking my headphones off running down uh, did, you, did you run down on the pitch uh well luckily enough i was uh scooped over the barrier by an unnamed uh person person by uh, at, at the football <laughs> club i was scooped on and the first thing that hit me was a hug from matt taylor oh which was like lovely that's he nice sort of hugged me he was absolutely drenched in sort of whatever had been sprayed in him and then my first thought was oh my god i gotta like find my dad and my brother who have, would have undoubtedly you know run on the pitch so i ran over saw them and it the, everything like, like james said emotions just got bit too much yeah. started crying a little bit yeah i cried yeah and my I brother think... was laughing at me for crying well, but... but it's all that stuff that's built up over the season and then that realization and not, not just like well. not just that the season but you know all those failures like, i'd never seen us get promoted um so oh, and God. it was like it was always a dream of like mine to be <laughs> don't don't do that it's always it's always a dream of mine to sort of see us get promoted with my dad and my brother and we were all in the house that day and it was just like the best fit. That was like, right, life complete. Like we Whereas I was sat there going, yeah, we got promoted. <clears throat> next. <laughs> next season. I've been back there six back. months. Went, yeah, here we go. Next. You're the lucky charm, David. You see, it's <laughs> yeah. not normally that easy. Normally yeah, but this years. year, I'm thinking, well, oh. This season is, we've definitely overachieved. If you look at the other, t- where the high, we'll probably finish the highest side of the teams promoted, which is some achievement, yeah. I think. But It's a stepping stone. Stepping stone. James, I'd love to get your take on yeah, I would be, I would as well. On the team now and the team next year and what you want and what you don't want. I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's one of these questions I asked John, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I, I, I squirm away and I say, please don't, please don't. But I'm in vision yeah. so people can see me. Um, <clears throat> I think we've had a really good season. I've got a mate, a re- like one of my best mates is a Bristol Rovers fan. Um, and he's actually my right-hand man on sport who presses all the buttons on a Saturday. So we're normally there, fingernails being bitten about how our teams are not doing so well. And we always have a bit of a joke about which team are the worst. But it's all it's all joke because, you know, I think City have had a really good season back in League One. I think potentially finishing mid, mid-table, um, over 50 points achieved before a really horrific run of games. And it, you know, it has been a horrific run of games. Um, I think after the derby, we heard Gary Coldwell say on Radio Devon about the side, the fact he felt his side were naive. And I would think there is a bit of naivety in the side. Um, when you look at teams like Argyle um, and Bolton and some of those big teams at the top of the table, they've just got a little bit about them. And I know you guys have talked about like the dark arts of the game and and sort of that sort of beastly side of the game if you want to call it that where you've got to play a little bit dirty sometimes but it hasn't been the Exeter City way over the years 
Caldwell, Gary Caldwell's tried to change that. I think we're a much more physical side. We used to play a lot of great sort of tippy-tappy football under Paul Tisdale, Matt Taylor, but it didn't always get us to places where we needed to be. For me, this season was all about finishing above four from bottom um, and, and building from there. <clears throat> I worry a bit about maybe how that sort of nucleus of the squad might change over the summer. It's still not all Gary's side, is it? It's a side that he's inherited and he's tried to add uh, bits bits to. Um, so are you it, worried about losing that nucleus? Um, or I, I worry about some of the homegrown players who have been at the club, who know what the club's about, trust-owned, fan-owned. I'm not saying that people that come into the club don't get that. But when you've been through that system, if you're like... Um, an Archie Collins or a Josh Key um, or those sort of players who have sort of been through the side. Uh, they've gone through the academy. They know what it means to be Exeter City. They, they've they sort of bought into the club, as it were. Um, you know, their their families are fans of the club. I worry about if you start to lose people like that, and I'm, I I know nothing about what's going to happen next season, but there have been rumours. Well, you do, but anyway. Moving on. <laughs> rumours. Uh, Rumour mill. Um, I, I think that... Uh, <laughs> you're not going to get me on this one, David. Um, uh, I think that... Um, I worry a bit about those players moving on and who's sort of coming behind and taking those positions of, of that sort of academy model moving forward. Cause that's where we've done really well in the past. Those players that have come through Ollie Watkins, uh, just to use a name, they've, they've come through the ranks. They've done well at our club. They, although they've moved on, there's always felt like there's been a few people of that level, like lining up to go next. Right. Okay. Um, and I just wonder if we're still in that position or not. I'm not saying some of the players coming through now aren't, but it, it just feels a bit different. Right. So we feel like we've had a really good crop of players. Yeah. And yeah. 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 Although we we have had quite a few Academy players sign pros this year, which is not something the club takes lightly, is it? We're, no. we're, we're, we're in a very uh, privileged position where we've got a good crop of players. So anyone coming through has to be, better or is going to be better or equal to what we have so yeah. i think it's promising there's a lot of really good youngsters i think uh, that, oh, I mean, that are coming yeah, through i absolutely agree with that but league one's brutal isn't it and we yeah. see well, that that's that's the thing we we don't produce and i think this is something gary uh from what i hear is trying to change we don't produce necessarily players who do you hear from please john um well you know just people um <laughs> But I, but but I gather that you know he wants a more physical side. I think that's obvious to tell, and I think it's about sort of starting that younger in the academy, trying to recruit players that are maybe a bit bigger, and then coaching the the technical side rather than getting these technical players who are smaller, like Matt Grimes, Archie Collins, mm. Ollie Watkins was never the biggest figure, although probably the biggest of the lot. Um, so uh, no, not mm. not in terms of physicality, was he? So that, that's he's going that's to Man United. Route. You heard it here first. You well, if you see. He's 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 got the same goals in the last twelve games as Harland, so he's absolutely on fire. Yeah, totally. You heard it here first. <laughs> totally. Wouldn't do you have a main? Did you have, do you have a main United source, David? Who no. tells you your stuff? Oh. No. <laughs> no. No. I'm I'm worried. I t- actually, what am I thinking at, at the moment? Mm. Okay. I was chatting to Rob Beckett this morning. You know Rob Beckett? Yeah. Chatting yeah, to Rob no. Beckett, and he's he. Do you know what he said to me? I'll tell you exactly what he said to me. 
Wouldn't it be funny if you stopped supporting Exeter and just started supporting Plymouth? No, uh, if Rob's listening, <laughs> no, that wouldn't be funny. <laughs> Do you know what my wife said to me last week? No, 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 no. Because I don't want my opinions of people to change because of some silly... Let's not... No, come on. What, no, I'm what she football said. is not all it's cracked up to be, believe She me. said, because I was... Oh, don't do this. I really want her to come to the game with me and create this kind of, this thing that we do every Saturday and just thought we'd have some fun. And and we went to watch Extra Ladies on Sunday. So she came. yeah. Yeah. And I said, look, I really think if you come, you just invest your time, you get to know the players and you really, I think we'll have a really nice time, really good. And she said, can you not just go and support Plymouth? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Right, well, that's the end of the pod in my eyes. I'm done. I and I said, no, I said why? I said, oh, I don't know. It's just like the stadium. and You get you get wet at home park because they haven't put a roof properly. Yet. No, <laughs> what? Am I hearing? Sorry, sorry. Listen, there are, there are fans of football clubs all over the country that crave stadiums that have got terracing, not seating. We've got the big bank, for goodness sake. What more Listen. do you want? No, Don't no, shoot no, the messenger. No, 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 no. She okay, loves cool. the Plymouth Stadium. Yeah, all right, cool. <laughs> no, I'm actually, that's, that's that I'm fuming about that. That's ridiculous. No. Anyway, so. You're not having that job. You can't. <laughs> no, how can I? This is what I've got to work with. That my podcast co-host's wife would rather go to our biggest rivals because their ground is prettier. Yeah. And I said, oh, don't be so ridiculous. No, you so did. I, you pro- you I were... gave it my all. Don't worry no, about that. No, no, you didn't. Definitely. No, you didn't. What was, what was your reply? Oh. You can't of do the, that. Of and the I why. support Exeter. And if you spend a bit of time... No, I'll tell you what I said. You go in Exeter, 6,000, 7,000 people. Take your breath away. Honestly. I did all that. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. No, no. Anyway. Uh, so, you, you my point was, I was talking out, to... David. <laughs> yeah, you really do. You need to get a grip. <laughs> she just she knows Michael, my Plymouth fan friend. Oh. So she was saying, "I'm with Michael." And, so what she's saying is Michael's better than John, in that instance. <laughs> no, she just yeah, grew yeah, up yeah, with Michael. Yeah, no, no, yeah, than <laughs> anyway, Home Park doesn't have a gantry. Where else do you get a gantry like ours? Yeah, yeah. But Home Park's also horrible. Yeah, I'm just saying, just saying. Don't shoot the messenger. She'll be there. I'll you've get been her shot. There. You've been <laughs> shot. <laughs> yeah, you've been shot, Sam. So, I was saying this morning, actually, oh, I, should, I feel like I shouldn't say this. Oh, here we go. No, I feel like it's, I don't want people to hear if it someone and go. says I feel that they shouldn't say it, we, we all want to hear it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's you not that bad. Do that. I just don't want anyone listening to this. If a player listens to this, I don't want them going, oh. No, go on. I think I know what you're going to say. I think that's fine. I'm really looking forward to some new players coming yeah. in. Yeah. Because it feels fine. like FIFA. Shake it up. That's not fine. I just, like last year, I didn't, I feel really bad for saying that. But last year, I was like, oh, I know, I want to keep everyone together. And John was explaining to me, no, that everyone just, teams change in the lower leagues. I thought, oh, really? Now I'm like, okay, it's quite exciting. Because you don't know who Gary's going to bring in and the quality of them. And how do you feel about new players coming in and that prospect? excited like you because there are always some real gems in there um, really 
Yeah, I, I, and Gary's got some great contacts, hasn't he, from from where he's been up in Scotland and the time that he spent at, at sort of in the northeast as well. And I think he is he's well respected. Um, I think it's to be fair. I think it's taken the fans a little time to warm to him. But then I think that would have been the case with anyone after a manager that was adored and loved and had come through the club and been a you know a great defender, a no nonsense player. And again, a bit like what I said earlier, sort of bought into the club a bit, knows what the trust model's all about, that community club. Um, Replacing Matt was difficult because, like you said there, he's he's the only person ever to get promoted as a player and, and as a manager, which is something yeah. that like I think the fans took to really, really well. And um, And also the fact that Gary really wanted to change the way we played and the way we are playing. Um, I, I think it's considerably better. The football we're playing is better. I think you I don't know what you think, James. Uh, it's it's. I mean, when you look at some of the home games we had, even under Matt at the beginning of the season, I mean, it, some some of that wasn't great, and we must remember that. I mean, we, yeah, we beat Port Vale four 0 but there were some weird results in there. Um, I think trusting Gary. I think he's got the contacts. I think um, as a club, we also need to remember that we can't pay big bucks for people um, if we want to carry on being trust owned and let's not forget that other clubs want to be more like us so why would we want to be more like other clubs when lots of clubs come to us and john you'll know you know they want to know about the trust and how it works and and all of that so the amount of directors that have come come to us from i mean some teams like northampton like you know places like that northampton are big on it sort of like really would be like do anything to have a little bit more control and and have maybe a bit more of a say their own elected directors that kind of stuff i think we're in such a privileged position i think sometimes because of how well we are doing some people think oh this is as far as it's you know it can take us which i think is is the wrong attitude i don't think there is a limit to how far we can go under trust ownership personally no i I think people do need to remember though not to expect sort of miracles overnight yeah and and people people always want short-term success i mean the same to me so i feel like having a go at me (laughs) no 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 it's really not but you you are you are one for uh you are one all right right. you are a sucker for short-term success but look like the best example is and really like appropriate timing is yeovil who scrapped their academy to invest more money into their first team which in at first sight seemed like a absolute masterstroke got themselves into the championship and then within 10 years uh, just got relegated yesterday to the conference four, four so. relegations in a decade so sometimes long how does that work how do you go from the championship to that what happens you well just... so they then they were not they're not big enough to sustain championship life so there's not enough people coming through the gates uh there's also not enough you know you, you have to pay a lot to get a good championship quality player and with no academy to bring players through that may be good enough to play in the championship, you find yourself in this sort of loop of having not good enough players, no academy players to rely on, no money, not enough people coming through the gates. And all of a sudden you find yourself slipping down. And by the time you set up your academy, people have pinched your best players. They've gone to X. I mean, I mean, I think Jordan's story we took from Yeovil, which in the end was whatever his undisclosed fee was. I think it was like rumored to be £750,000. So all these players that you nick from academies that shut down, and then by the time you've tried to set up your academy, there's no one around good enough to play at the next level that you're in, and then you just plummet through the leagues. Okay. James, how would we survive in the championship then if not enough people come through the gates? I think we'd get people through the gates 
Um, it was it was interesting actually. I was talking to I went to Peterborough on Bank Holiday. I saw you at Peterborough, John, didn't I? Bank Holiday Monday. And I was talking to a Peterborough United supporter, and they've been a bit of a yo-yo club. Uh, they've gone from Championship to League One, sometimes League Two, back up to the Championship. And they've said the amount of investment that you need to make to go from League One to Championship can kill clubs completely because you get a certain amount of time to make your ground or seater um, or make additions. I mean, what would that mean for the big bank? Don't know. Um, and I, I, think, I, I think we would struggle, but with some adjustments maybe to how things are a run and I'm not saying change the trust or anything like that but you know suddenly you know there might be someone with a little bit of money around the periphery who who takes a bit of an interest and in, bit of investment bit here bit there you know we're a plucky club you know if you if you think how far we've come we've come from conference days and losing to Farnborough and and dreadful days like that to holding our own in league one so the next step now has to be how do we as a club work with what we've got to make that next step it can be done but then as john's mentioned about yeovil you don't want it to effectively be the start of a downfall which then sees you completely wiped out mm. i mean i think the difference we have on on that is our, is our academy if you look at the amount of players we have in the squad now that have come from the academy that are good enough to play in the championship let's not i'm not saying get you out of the championship or even necessarily keep you up every year but if you look at Archie Collins, Josh Key, uh, Sonny Cox coming through, I think will be eventually good enough. Uh, like the list goes on. Harry Kite at some point, he's looking like he's going to be good enough to play at the top end of League One. These players that are coming through the academy that you would normally have to sell because they're too good to play in the divisions below, you just keep and you build your squad around those academy players and you start building like that. Instead of having to sell them because you're in League One or League Two, you keep them and you build, that's, that's your squad. Yeah, and you feel St. James Park every week. Um, you know, you you then get more interest from sponsors and all sorts, and it just becomes, you know, sport football is all about momentum, isn't it? And yeah. as easy as you can go on a really good run, you know, you can also go on a dreadful run and start a bit of a spiral. So it's how about it's how we, as city, just keep going. The other the other problem is not just bums on seats, at SJP. It's also being able to serve people quick enough on a match day whether that's food uh drink that kind of stuff at the moment i think the issue is that there's so many people coming in that we were surprised we're selling out almost every week at home that we can't actually make not the most we... last Saturday. Well, not it's not it's not that we don't have enough pasties well there wasn't because there, well, there wasn't any for any. me well, there you go so not only is there not enough pasties but there's also not enough people serving pasties so people go well i'm not going to bother queuing up because oh, well, that's I know what i said i won't bother i had a go at her well, <laughs> No, <laughs> rude. Um, so that's that's the other problem. Trying to maximise the opportunity that is eight thousand people at SJP, and then trying yeah. to get drinks, food to all these people because that's that's where your money's really made. Right. Mm. How much stronger are like the bottom, the teams that come down from the championship? How much stronger are they going to be than than us next year? Is there a noticeable? I I worry about some of those teams that come down because Wigan they were promoted last season, weren't they? I sort of um, no. I, no, I, I think well, I think the last time they went up was Gary Calder got them promoted, didn't he? From league from league is one that, to the championship. Is, is that a little while ago then? Uh, uh, I, I think I think I mean I think they've only been there a few seasons. I think your point sort of still stands. Yeah, yeah. I mean they've not been there the greatest amount of time. Blackpool. I mean you know they. Just that they go up and down the leagues. Um, 
it 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 depends with a lot of these clubs about the players they keep, um, but also players don't want to hang around clubs that have just been relegated. Um, you know, in the in the championship, you're in this weird place where you're still playing some ex Premier. You, you know, you're playing ex Premier League teams every season. Um, some of those Premier League teams keep hold of some of those sort of Premier League players, so there's a real incentive to stay. But I think that drop from Championship to League One, it does feel like quite a big one. Um, having said that, looking at the clubs that could potentially come down, their sides that have all been in the third tier before. Um, and in Wigan's case, quite recently, in Blackpool's case, quite recently, um, whether or not it's Reading or Cardiff or, dare I say, even Rotherham, although I don't think it's going to be Rotherham, you know, they are all sides that there's not a, a huge team in that, maybe Cardiff, with um, having played in the Premier League not too long ago, but, you know, there is a big difference. Oh, so I yeah. think I think Wigan did get promoted after Caldwell. I think they went up with Caldwell back down and then they went up in 2021. 2021. Yeah. James, am I ever going to see Exeter in the Premier League? In your dreams. <laughs> oh, for Pete's sake. Never say never. Never. I've dreamt about it a lot. Have you? <laughs> I've dreamt about it a lot. Oh, we've uh, all dreamt about it a lot. Uh, I genuinely would be happy. Right, and this is. I'm going to get slated for this oh, a lot. I, I, I get slated for these opinions for. But I think James is a normal Exeter City fan, uh, can relate to you this think? in some way. Um, <laughs> I would take... No, I think James wants a bit more than One season in the Premier League in my whole entire life and I'd be happy forever. Oh, I'd yeah, take there that. You go. Yeah, there oh, yeah. you take that. Yeah, yeah, there you go. But, yeah. well, to be fair, that's not the reaction I was expecting, so fair play. Listen, we've, we, you know, we've, we've drawn against the big boys. We drew nil-nil with Man U. We've drawn 2-2 against Liverpool. <laughs> Liverpool. Yeah. You know. Should have won that Liverpool game as well, in Yeah, fact. we should have won that Liverpool home game. We we should have yeah absolutely should have won that Liverpool home game. Um, that was I feel crazy. like I don't know why with James I feel like I'm talking to someone who knows a lot about the club and knows things little, that little, we little don't know about the club. Little dig, I'll take the dig. I think no, no, right. no. Yeah, 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 yeah. I no. I, <laughs> I have an inkling John knows more than me. <laughs> oh come on, let's go back to what are the questions that James might have asked John on the radio uh, well, where you went oh. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, must, probably, I must have been on the radio in between the Matt Taylor and Caldwell yeah. era, so I probably would have been asked... Uh, who do you want to get some, the job? Or yeah, who do, do I want? Or have you heard anything? Yeah, or... yeah. what do you know, John? Who, who's going to be the next boss? You, surely you knew, James, when you asked the question. Um, uh, do you know? <laughs> I had some names in my head, but there was that really weird time where we thought, we sort of knew Matt was going, but then there was a press conference which got cancelled. Um, and it's like, has Matt signed the deal at Rotherham or not? Has, yeah. Is the Rotherham chairman playing hardball or not? Are they going to come back? Why is this press conference being cancelled? And I was actually on leave and I was getting all of these messages from people saying, what the is going yeah. on? Because I was um, in the middle of writing that R&B track for Matt. So I was, I didn't know where I was. It, it was a weird time. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was a weird it was time a, because it's not managerial change. Well, it's certainly in my lifetime. Maybe for James is slightly different, but in my lifetime, it's not been common a managerial change. And even for you, James, you were used to tiz for how many years? Oh so. God, yeah, tiz. I mean, um, we we had some. You know, I had a few run-ins with tiz, um, but um, 
I, I think Tiz was great for the club because he he was it. he was pretty difficult in the media, wasn't he, James? Uh, he wasn't At the times. easiest. Um, I, I I'll tell you guys a few stories over pints one day. Um, <laughs> Going back to, we had a falling out at Anfield at Liverpool, actually, after that FA um, FA Cup match, the replay. Because Tom Nichols in the Sports first game election. at St. James Park was immense. He was the best yeah, player. Yeah. Uh, amazing. Caught the eye of, of the press, caught the eye of match of the day, you name it. And he didn't start with him at Anfield. I mean, the, the squad selection was on that day. Uh, sorry, Tiz, if you listen, was pretty ridiculous, in my opinion. Yeah, and guess who Wait, asked we... him? Guess who yeah. asked him about that? And was yeah, I'm guessing that's to ask him about that. And <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I'd, yeah. He just appeared. So uh, we're on air till ten. We go off air at ten. Is oh, this a, so? Is this at Anfield? So this James. is at yeah. Anfield. Right. Um, uh, the people I'm working with have to go into the press conference, so I don't actually know where they are. I'm left at Anfield in the stands. By the way, what's that show. like? You're at Anfield, um, working at Anfield. Is it, that nice? Uh, it, it's the one ground of, other than St James Park where I felt emotional. Uh, when the cop get going with you'll never walk alone that is just like nothing else it it did very strange things to me and actually made me well up and tear up which was um cool. which was unusual for me but seeing it in the flesh is something something else um so we'd had this amazing game and city had gone behind early and it ended up being a bit of a oh god you know it felt like a bit of a wasted opportunity so come off air at 10, I'm there in the stands at Anfield, you know, and I have that um, sort of adrenaline come down that we spoke about earlier. And next thing, I'm just presented with Paul Tisdale from nowhere. Um, oh, hi, Paul. And we've, we'd always had a really good relationship. And he knew I'm, he knew, despite being on Radio Devon, of my persuasion to the, to the Reds and being a City fan, you know, lifelong City fan and the family coming, you know, from generations of City fans. Um, but I didn't know he'd done a press conference, an interview with Sky Sports and an interview with ITV before me. So he was cheesed off because yeah. everyone had asked him the same question. And the obvious question to ask him, <laughs> and maybe <laughs> I was a little bit naive here because I went straight in with it, was why didn't you start with Tom Nichols tonight? Best player at St. James Park. What's going on? You started Clinton Morrison, who, you know, bit of bit of a legend, but, you know, hasn't really fit. And he just didn't like it and gave me nothing um afterwards we exchanged a few words and he told me that he didn't appreciate my line of questioning to which i replied the fans want to know about this paul because it's what everyone's saying and it just was literally very, everybody the whole literally everyone. six thousand people that went to anfield that night everyone was like what the hell am i looking What's at in going on? Lineup? was there in ever, fact, ever an answer my, to it my uncle, no, uh, Uncle Simon, if you're listening, he turned to my dad and went, oh, "That's that's got to be a joke lineup. Like, that's not actually what we're starting with." Did we start with Matt Oakley and Danny Butterfield as the centre backs that that night? Oh God, you know, I I've tried to wipe it from my memory a bit, but now you've mentioned it, it sounds that or, sounds or maybe quite... not. It might not have been, but it, it, might, it but probably there was some other time. weird stuff in there as well. Yeah. And uh, Paul and I have spoken since, and you know, we've kissed and made up, but you know, I think he he it was just that heat of the moment thing, um, and it it's probably a bit of a lesson to anyone listening watching this who wants to go into journalism when don't there, there are times where it's good to start with the obvious but it might mean that you to get nothing else from your interview which <laughs> which is what happened that night was um, this recorded was this recorded somewhere like this 
I can't remember if that point we they'd come back to me live. So the program you, had, you weren't both on a screen being filmed. You're like, um, no, we were. We were in the stands that. at Anfield, okay. and um, I'm literally standing here. He's standing next to me. I've got my mic, and I'm right. chatting to him. And um, you know, I tried to break. I, I then realised he was giving me nothing, so I tried to ask him because at St James Park, um, Jurgen Klopp had given him a. No, he'd given Jurgen Klopp a gift, and I had known that. Um, Klopp had given him a gift at Anfield so I asked him about that and he didn't really want to know um, and it was a shame really but I I respect Paul a lot and he did great things for our football club and yeah we wouldn't be where we are today without no, Paul he restored pride he got us back into the league successive promotions which we'd never done come the end I think it, it the relationship between the fans and Paul for whatever reason had broken down but you know, if it wasn't for Paul Tisdale, City probably wouldn't be where they are now. Um, but yeah, that was a interesting Paul Tisdale moment. What are those? What are those interviews like post match? Are they a um, bit, if if the team's lost? Like, do you go in there with trepidation, or are you? Is it you're normally... always a bit? You're always a bit nervy yeah. because you're not quite. You know, I've had managers turn on me, and and you know, Paul Tisdale wasn't wasn't the worst, and he 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 didn't start you know barking at me and you know, pointing and, and whatever. It was more of a, you know, he was making it very clear that he wasn't happy about my line of questioning, um, to which, you know, you, you have a bit of a discussion, a bit of a heated discussion about why you've asked what you've asked. Um, there's always, if City have won 4 now, it's easy. <laughs> although although it was never easy with um, Paul, because sometimes he'd say, yeah, we won 4 nil, but I've seen this. Um, so sometimes... Um, yeah, I think managers are right to be wary of some of the questioning, but they also need to understand the context of Radio Devon is asking the questions that the fans want the answers to. And sometimes they're the really obvious ones, like why haven't you chosen Tom Nichols and picked Tom Nichols? And sometimes they're the more intricate questions about, okay, you know, what what's going on with um, Jay Stansfield's injury and, and stuff like that. And but they also need to understand that we need to ask those questions. And I think there have been some managers in the past that just don't get it um, and can probably do with a bit of media training. Um, and, there, <laughs> and there are some managers that get it, try to be clever. Sometimes it backfires, but it's, it always feels there's always a little few butterflies in, in one's yeah. stomach. Yeah, it must be. I, I have to admit there's, it's, it must be hard well, I, I get I get both sides of the argument, but when you know why a player isn't starting, which a manager w- will always do, and someone's asking you, and it seems like an obvious reason, but maybe some people genuinely don't know, I can imagine that the answer is a bit like, oh, well, uh, yeah, but it's it's hard to put yourself in a perspective where you're in the know where someone doesn't know, because the manager knows everything, don't they? They know everything, um, and they also have to try and keep the secrets, don't they? Or, or withhold the information, because if too much gets out, you know, it could jeopardise you know, the, 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 the game plan, you know, it, it, it plays into the opposition's hands. So they, they've got to be careful, which is why Gary's really good at saying, you know, I will talk to you before the game. Um, He's really to, good in the interviews, Gary. Yeah, I think. yeah. And I think fans want honesty. And I think where City may be, you know, Matt Taylor, no nonsense. He'd tell you how it was. Maybe too much one way. Maybe, maybe, too much maybe a way. little bit too much. Um, Gary Coldwell if the team haven't played well, he'll say it. Whereas Paul Tisdale and some of the other managers I've spoken to at our clubs, they try and cover it up. 
Um, and I think sometimes you think you're just sounding a bit silly. And fans see straight through it, don't they? Yeah, you they don't, see straight through it. And you're not you fooling know, anyone. No, then you look at the message boards and they're all saying exactly what you've thought. Um, and it, it's, um, yeah, it's, it, it's a really odd balancing act sometimes between you sort of, you also have to maintain professional relationships with these people. So if you cheese them off too much and they say, I won't talk to you again, th- that causes problems. And you don't want to be in that position. Um, slight uh, handbrake turn, but if um, if you wanted a little seat in the Heritage Lounge, you just need to ring them up and go, as James here, could I please have a table for next Saturday? <laughs> If only, really? if only, yeah, if, if Elaine Davies or anyone like that's listening, um, <laughs> I'm Surely joking. you can. Can um, I just have a little table, please, by the window? <laughs> uh, we're not allowed to do that at the BBC. We can't get free. Oh, no, no, you can't. No, no, uh, no, no. I, yeah. um, I pay my way and I'm very happy to be on the big bank. Is all Are I you? Yeah. I, 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 I must admit, I've missed, <laughs> I, mi- I didn't realise how much I missed being in with like the fans and all that i love you it. were very much a heritage lounge boy last year with a suit and tie i've seen you in your suit and tie john yeah mm. yeah well yeah yeah i think there's there's a lot yeah there's a lot of different reasons for all that kind of stuff but i think it was oh, like it was a good it was a good it was a good uh it was a good thing for the club to promote i think because i was a trustee so young it was like to showcase to other clubs that you know look we're doing stuff something different we're doing things differently well they don't give a shit now because you're a little bit older yeah and, well i'm not on the trust anymore <laughs> uh but but that's another thing though about how the club is i mean that that lounge is fantastic you know i i um my my mum used to do the catering at st james park when the university used to have the contract years ago and we're talking about when the old cow shed was there and it was there was basically nothing it was non-existent it was a few sandwiches for the directors pasty if you're lucky that was it whereas now you've got the options of you know you can go out into the the square outside you can enjoy the food the drink you can go in the bar if you want um and just going in the bar socializing seeing people all having a laugh it's just what it's all about isn't it i had a little message from someone last saturday saying i i spent the afternoon in the heritage lounge and i had a lovely time People love it. People genuinely love the Heritage Lounge yeah. and the new layout with the new bar. And it's so easy. Like a lot of people tell me, like, it's scary how easy it is to just get a beer and be back at your seat within about 10 seconds because it's like people, like, you know, people, some people in, enjoy a drink at the football and like the e- easy accessibility of that and how nice the lounge is and how good the food is now. Like the catering staff are, are incredible. So, yeah, it's good. I couldn't get in after the Argyle game. I couldn't get in. They wouldn't let me in. Really? The doors were locked. I couldn't get in. Admittedly, I was walking through to go to take a pee. Right. I, okay. I yeah. couldn't get through. If, I don't thing, know if we, if we covered... Sorry, go on, go on, John. The other thing about being on air, that's my last thing, is when you need to go to the loo up on that gantry. If you yeah. don't go before the game, you are finished. That well, ladder the ladder stays, comes up. You can't get down. The ladder comes up. You can't get down. Until the, the end of the game. Till the end of the game, you're yeah. stuck. Up. Well, it goes down at half time, but you haven't got enough time between no. the filling of time and then before you've got to be back on again before they kick off. It's not on kickoff, so you don't really have enough time at half time to go. So it's you go before or you're finished. It's all part of that pre match routine. Got to build the yeah. time in. Uh, have we ever covered this? How much is it to have a little table, some duck, some pudding, and a padded seat? 
I hate I hate it when you ask this because I always get it wrong and then I always get slaughtered. But I don't. I think it's pretty well priced. I think I don't know what I don't know if James knows exactly, but competitively priced. I think I think you'll find really okay. There you go. Well, I mean, we've looked at doing it. Um, my eldest, he um, had his birthday for the Sheffield Wednesday home game. Oh, um, okay. So yeah, we, it's, it's we were looking lot. at doing it, um, but yeah, in the end, we ended up sort of having a party and you know, kid, a kids' party, which was great actually um amazing what they do and he was a mascot for the lincoln city home game as well which is great and that was you know that was reasonable and it's just a, it's just a really great day out and and you know for him to walk out with jay stansfield his favorite player amazing he'll never forget that amazing but so per per person at the in the heritage lounge, is this for one game or season no for a season right. I, I here we go christ i hope it's not one game but it says it says uh plus vat per season Per person, what do you get 1, with this, John? 000... What do you get? Okay, so with this, you get <clears throat> two course meals served at your table. Hang on a minute. Are you possibly... sharing with other people, or you got your own table? What's going well, on? Well, depends on how many seats you buy. All right. If 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 two if two sets of people have bought half a table, you'd probably be sharing. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you get a two-course meal served at your table by our friendly hospitality team. Pre-match visit from the first team manager to discuss the team I and opposition. Love this. Pre-match player interview, reserved executive seating directly outside the lounge, private entrance bar and bathrooms, three 60-inch LED TV screens showing Sky Sports and BT Sports, tea and coffee served at halftime. When do you get in there? When are you allowed to get in there? You can get in there from, I think, 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock, if I'm correct. What a super Saturday this is. Yeah. Complimentary match day program and a team sheet with free Wi-Fi, all for £1,500 per person per season. What's that, 20-odd games? Yeah, 26. 23, sorry. 23. Half of 46, yeah. Oh, God. I got slated the other day for my math skills on the uh, pod, you know, when I made that mistake. How much did you say again, John? One thousand five hundred pounds for the season. <laughs> okay, I'm a twenty-three. Yeah, sixty-five quid. Sixty-five per quid per game. You get a match. You get a meal. I mean, two two course meal. That's what's that? If you were to buy a two course meal out and about, I, I mean, I don't really know. But like, that's <laughs> twenty. What's quid? that? Twenty quid. Yeah, twenty-five so quid. Easy. Knock yeah. that off the. And it's this is good food. Very good food. David knows when you had it, you enjoyed it. Great duck. Are the seats of? still padded? Padded seats. Padded they are seats. padded, are they? Padded oh, seats. Okay. Not only a padded bum, but a padded back as well. Oh. And a feeling of superiority. Yeah, that's not really the... That's not really <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's not really the reason. <laughs> <laughs> but a, a lovely little bar, all the screens, tea, I love... Coffee. I forgot the manager comes up with a player. I love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. It's mm. a great insight, isn't it? When you, when you hear manager and player talking... That's you lovely, know, yeah. And you sort of it, it feels special, doesn't it? Yeah, and I wonder what that's like if you're if the team's struggling, if it's a bit spicy, like if it's a bit tense. I I would imagine it's the last place the players <laughs> yeah. just want to be. <laughs> no, yeah. Although to be fair, but the people in the heritage towns tend to be pretty sound, down to earth individuals. I don't think anyone's going to be sort of like heckling or like te- like you know. I think it'll be pretty reasonable, even if you're ha- having been from the outside looking in, because I'm not posh enough to be on the in on the inside. Um, just it, it, win, lose or draw, it always looks great in there. It mm. always, you know, I've always got my eye on those windows. Joke. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you set yourself in there, David. You could, you're hoping you're going to get an invite in. Come on in. Come on he in. He wants another freebie. That's his problem. That's well gone. No, I don't think it is. I think I think if you were to drop a line and be like, oh, I'd just like to try the Heritage line for I'm today. Say that. God almighty. Imagine I don't hear anything. Have have you, and I'm interested in this because there's, uh, <laughs> it's quite interesting in the media world. You get that phrase, don't you know who I am, darling? Do you know? Do you know people that you have you have you known of people that have used that phrase? That's a great. That's see, this is the radio James Vickery coming out right now. That's a great question. Because I've only ever heard, I've never been with someone when they've said it. This pause definitely means he has. I no, I'm so, I'll tell you what I'm thinking. I'm thinking of a story that a story that Joe Wilkinson told me yesterday. He. He, and that's football related, Gillingham found out that, you might know this, John, maybe you said it on the pod, but Gillingham found out that he was a fan and they got in touch with him and said, said, um, we'd like to invite you to a game, da, 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 yeah, on a Saturday. Da, da, da. So he got the email i think his brother got in contact because his brother's a massive Gillian fan his brother went oh my god that's amazing he went do you think you can get some for one for me and for graham and uh, and joe emailed him back and said unfortunately it's only two tickets but unbeknownst to joe he he sent that to Gillingham football club instead of his brother so Ouch. they'd emailed him and said, We're, we'd like to offer you. And he just wrote back, unfortunately, it's only two tickets. <laughs> what an ungrateful yeah. so so Oh, no. <laughs> so he had to ring up the club and say, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to go to my brother. And Yeah. So they thought he just came back with, unfortunately, you've only offered me two tickets. <laughs> yeah. I've not but, heard that story. That's brilliant. Yeah. But um, no, I don't think anyone behaves like that, do they? I don't I know. Think so. I don't know. I reckon there's definitely someone who's gone, don't you know who I am? Yeah. I... Yeah. Speaking of Joe, did you manage to convince him to, to go to the game on Saturday or is he not going to stay? No. Oh. No. He's going straight home. That's ridiculous. We're going to the Crucible on Saturday, James. Oh, do you know? Do you know? I, 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 that's the one thing I wanted to do when I was in Sheffield as well. I couldn't get tickets. Well... I'm playing on the practice tables. Don't you know who I am? Don't you know I who I am? I was about to say, this is where you've gone. Don't you know who I am? So I'm playing on the practice tables. I'm going on Eurosport with Jimmy White. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, don't say it like that. I'm named after Jimmy White. My mum and are dad you? are like huge snooker fans. They used to go all over watching snooker. And James, James White, my mum quite liked him i think it back in the day um he opened the building society i forget what it is now it, it's long gone but on the top of south street and i went to meet him and my mum said yeah your name you're named after jimmy what, when was I, that back in the when did you meet oh, him god that must have been like 1990 1990 but he was like opening a building you know building society big big thing back in the day yeah named after jimmy white james oh. white oh I'll get so, a little photo um, of him going like that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't believe you're doing that. Oh, it's amazing. So, we, how, think, how did you? How did that come about? Yeah, Andy Goldstein. Oh, see, it's who you know, not what it's you know. Who Absolutely. you know, not what you know. Always. But apparently, we're gonna 
we're playing a game. I think we're allowed to sit in the players' seats around the when the people aren't there. We're picking up the trophy. Is there any worries of any uh, protesters? I know. Any but it is powder in your pockets? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I can't oh. believe it. It's like a little competition of one. Yeah. You've done some really cool things this last like couple of months. You've done Soccer AM this. Yeah. So oh, that's it. Sorry. That's it. <laughs> right out. Right out of. <laughs> that's your lot. No, you went to the BAFTAs. Yeah. That's well, pretty those, cool. That, those that's are, those cool. are some pretty, three pretty big things there. Weirdly, though, when you. Anyway, don't worry about that. When you're doing it, you go, oh, right. What's this? You know, when you're there. <laughs> yeah. Don't you know who I am? Yeah, exactly. Well, it's that thing of. Uh, what's that song? I think that song called um, Is That It? There's a song called, is it by Peggy Lee called Is That It? I think it was banned because it's sort of, it's all about the kind of pointlessness of it all. But it's when you go to these big events and you go, oh my God, I'm here. I'm witnessing it. And then you go, oh, is that it? <laughs> is that all there is, is that by all? Peggy Lee? Yeah. It's a great Released song. in 1971. It's a great song. Is that all that? I think that's actually just you. It's only you with that attitude to things. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Crucible. Fantastic. I just the the ghosts of those former players. Just those little moments. Just amazing. Sorry, should I know know what the Crucible is? Oh, for God's sake. I've walked past it when I've been in Sheffield, you know, and I thought every time I come back, I'm going to go and watch snooker there. And it it never happens. The Crucible Sheffield. Yeah. (laughs) James, would you <laughs> yes. come on again? I would love to come on again. Because yeah, I just thought we've done loads, and I haven't asked you the 10 questions. I'd more than happily come on again any time. Really? Yeah, oh, amazing. I'd love to. Yeah, the, question, been... the questions that keep narrowing down, don't they? If we started with 12, we're now on 10. No, we're on did 10. You, I'm happy did you want to ask me any? I mean, I'm more than happy to answer them now. But I reckon because it's, what have we done, like an hour and 20? Hour and 25, yeah. It's easily yeah. an hour or another hour or so. Yeah, we get yeah, all right. Yeah, if you're I, up for it, anytime. Just, just let me know anytime. It'd be a pleasure. Oh, it's been a joy. Yeah, that's been. Well, really I hope good. I hope it has. I oh, hope it I've really not has. Been, <laughs> not been, been a disappointment. Final question, actually. Where is where are the headquarters of Radio Devon? The headquarters of Radio Devon are in Plymouth. Uh... They're in Plymouth. Uh, <laughs> they're in Plymouth uh, in a really nice area of Plymouth, actually, Manamede. Um, really, really posh. Um, so I I live in Exeter, um, up on up Red Hills. So I can see right across the city. Um, I saw I couldn't go last night, but I could see the floodlights from my back garden. So I'm can up you? sort of yeah, and I heard the cheering last night as well. Um, I didn't go last night. Yeah, oh. we know you didn't go last night. I thought we were going to address that on Even the podcast. Why I didn't you go last I. night? I'm telling you what, I'm I'm really struggling the the midweek games mid table. Team. I get that. I get. Do you I get, get that, that, James? I, yeah, I do get it. I, I was. I'm going to get back at part gone part about eleven o'clock. I've got to be, be up for my boys. I'm like, yeah. yeah I, I don't get it from my age perspective, but I probably would get it more if I had kids and my, wife. My and day stuff. job is producing the breakfast show during the week, so I'm up at four in the morning to drive to Plymouth. And I'm in Plymouth. Yeah, four. Oh, yeah, four in the morning. So bags and I've been up today since four. So I lit. I get up at four. I dr- I then drive to Plymouth, produce the breakfast show, 
uh, uh, Tuesday to Friday, and then Saturday it's fun day because I get to do. So, well, so what time do you finish your breakfast show when you walk um, out the door? No, so the breakfast show finishes at ten, and then for a good couple of hours, I'm sorting out the next day. So sorting out interviews, guests, stuff like that for the next day. So I get back home normally about half past one, and and right. uh, my eldest is at to school. Bed? When do you go to bed? This is where the midweek football thing comes in. Because like last night, even though I didn't go, I was listening to it. Then you can't get to sleep. So last night I got to bed about quarter to 11. Um, If I've been to a game, it's even worse because the adrenaline really has kicked in. And then Mm. uh, after the Barnsley game, when we won 3-1, I didn't get to sleep until like gone midnight. And I was up at four o'clock. And it's brutal. James, I spoke to... You remember Will McDonald from TFI Friday? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think he was... No, he's producer of TFI Friday. And he said... So they would work towards TFI Friday all through the week, working out what the show is. And he said they would go drinking during the day, get absolutely hammered, finish, say, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., he would get up to go into the office to work on TFI Friday at half nine, ten o'clock. Chris Evans would walk in the door and go, come on, let's go to the pub. Yeah. He'd yeah. already done the breakfast show. <laughs> He'd gone to bed at 2 a.m., got up, done the breakfast show at six o'clock, and then yeah. wanted to do it all again. Pub. Yeah. Sounds yeah. Like, that sounds like right up my alley, to be fair. But <laughs> it, it kills you after a while. <laughs> it kills you. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've done some ridiculous things. I've, Produce a breakfast show in Plymouth, come home, back in the day when we played Bournemouth, driven to Bournemouth for a night game, driven back home, got about an hour and a half sleep, then got up, driven to Plymouth. And I've, I've done Birmingham. Uh, I did Coventry away at Birmingham City a few seasons back. Oh, yeah. Look, was that Ben between... Crescenny's debut? Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. that was it. I've, we got tonked, didn't we? I can't remember what the score was now. 4-1 or something like yeah. that. Uh, but cool, that was though. that was in between earlies, and you don't pay for it the next day. You pay for it like two days later, when you just wake up and you think, "Oh my god, what?" That, that was <laughs> that was the best boardroom I've ever been in. But at, at Birmingham, Birmingham, at yeah, Birmingham. Yeah, 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 nice ground, St Andrews. Yeah, yeah, nice Lovely. ground. Lovely. So that's why I've got bags under my eyes and um, and jet lagged because I'm normally like working two days ahead of myself. Um, so I live in a very weird world. Yeah, early night tonight. <laughs> my, my Oscar, I didn't see last night. Will tell me all about the football, so we'll be up late talking football and stuff, which is lovely. But yeah, an early night for me would be about nine o'clock, mm. which is mm. still not early enough. James, you should have like the afternoon show in the midweek. You should be running that place. Oh, I'd love to. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> a nice nine to five job. Yeah. God. I don't think all the time I've worked in radio, I've never had a normal, at, at normal hours. They've all either been late at night, weekends, whatever. But it's what it's all about. Mm. What we do. James, thank you again for coming well, on. My pleasure. Um, well, thank see you. See you next week on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see you well, then. Yeah. yeah, that'd be fab. And enjoy the Crucible. Say yes. hello to Jimmy for well, me. We'll see you on Saturday. Yeah, I don't know where my tickets are for. I don't know where. Yes. Are we, are we, are we, are we, are we talking to you?